Detachment is not cold and unfeeling. Actually, detachment means letting go of everything that limits us. Everything that turns off the real love. Detachment means becoming identified with, with reality. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Take some questions and stuff. possibility we'll make a CD with all these slow tempo chants. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> um, well, I did do a CD which is very deep and slow and meditative. That was the last one I did, I think. Uh, it was called Peace, P-E-A-C-E, of my heart. And that came about when a very dear friend of mine who works with uh, learning disabled kids, autistic children. She teaches yoga and body uh, awareness with them. And she always played my chants uh, when, when she's working with them. And they love it. They zoom right in. They get really present. But when the chants would speed up, the kids would get nervous, get distracted again. So I said, oh, okay, I'll make a CD that doesn't speed up. And we did. So you might want to check that out. <coughs> Peace of my heart. What and from where you did course or study meditation in Bodh Gaya? Please let me know. I'm also interested in doing that. How long was the course which you did and what was your experience there? Well, I don't think there's, those courses are going on anymore in Bodh Gaya. But... In those days, they were the only courses going on uh, in Vipassana meditation. And we studied with Anagarika Manindra and Mr. Gwenka, who was, gave his first courses outside of Burma, where he was living. Uh, he came back to India and started um, giving courses there. And we took his first four courses in a row, 10-day courses. So, um, depending on where you live, you can find probably <clears throat> uh, Buddhist meditation courses, Vipassana or mindfulness courses. These are very useful because they are non-conceptual. They don't depend on you believing anything, having faith in anything special, uh, joining anything, anything like that. They, they were very pragmatic. They worked directly with the mind, calming the mind. First step is to calm the mind a little bit, which is not easy. 
So you can find it wherever you are. If you look up mindfulness courses and then try to find something that a teacher that has a lot of experience and uh, has, has good connections, good lineage, uh, because that's helpful, very helpful. It means that the teacher has, has also done the work themselves, which is when you're teaching meditation, you really, if you're teaching driving, you need to know how to drive first. And you also need to know how to teach it. And that's not something that's that simple. There's a lot of things that come up as we begin to calm down and work with emotions that if you don't have the, um, the experience yourself, uh, you can't really help people. So, okay. So, Do you have any recommendations for handling heavy grief of a sudden death of a soulmate? I know he is with me in spirit always, and that we are all one, but my heart and mind ache for his physical presence. Well, yeah, I mean... In some strange way, the grief is part of the connection. I don't think you need to work with the grief. I think you need to feel the grief. Because when you're feeling the grief, as painful as it is, you're also feeling the presence of the, of the loved one. And uh, as time goes on, that sense of loss thins out a little, so to speak. And it, you feel the presence without the pain as much. The missing is okay. You can, I, I, I still miss Ramdas. And yet I feel he's with me all the time. But I still miss our interactions and all the, the jokes and the fun and the deep times we had together over 50 years. I don't mind missing him. I don't know if that sounds weird. <laughs> because that, it's a way of feeling him also. And you just have to accept also that everything does change and bodies come and bodies go. It's not the body you loved. It's the person inside the body. And of course, that person doesn't really go anywhere. The body was, was just a, a vehicle for being in this world. But the real person, the soul, the real person, is always with us, always here, over lifetimes, after lifetimes, after lifetimes. So I would say just don't fight the feelings. Don't try to push them away. It, they will morph into a deeper, 
presence. Um, it would definitely morph into a deeper presence as time goes on. And the love doesn't die. The love never dies. We're human, you know. We feel all kinds of things. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to grieve. But eventually, you let go of the unhappiness and you, you focus, you feel more of the actual being with you. Katie, do the words of the chant make a difference? They seem to be the flowery words of love, devotion, respect for the guru or God, or are they a vehicle for the harmonic that inspires a spiritual feeling and connection? Well, <clears throat> if I say that they don't, that the words of the chants don't make a difference, that wouldn't be true. But if, and if I said that, that they do make a difference, that wouldn't really be totally true either. It's our relationship to, to what we're chanting. For me, all the names refer back to the love that I experience with my guru. Uh, to some degree, mostly. And, and with the great beings that I've met who manifested that kind of love. If you listen to somebody else, there are other people who talk about these things. They might talk about it in a different way. They would say, no, no, only this name is the, is the only name that matters. This is the best way to do it. And if you agree with that, then that's what you should do. If it makes sense to you, if it feels right. That's not the way it works for me. All these names feed into the same place for me. I mean, they do have, in a sense, they have different qualities. But for me, all those qualities melt into the love, into the presence, the feeling of presence and the deepening of that feeling of presence as we chant. So that's the real meaning, as far as I can tell. Other people say different things. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. That's the way it goes. So you just have to find out what works for you and how you can go deeper into it. But for me, all the chants bring me back into the presence of Maharaji, Siddhima, and the great beings that have, from whom I receive so many blessings, who have let me into that place of love and being and presence.
Ah, my nine-year-old daughter and I love your work. A few nights ago, she was complaining about fears and nightmares. You know, this COVID time has been very hard on kids. Very hard on kids. They don't understand. They don't have a intellectual understanding of it. They just feel pressure, especially if they've been isolating and been going to Zoom school and, and haven't been, you know, it's really, really, really hard for kids. So it's not to be surprised that children feel these things very tense, very passionately. Also, they absorb all our fears and all our anxieties. So I told her she can't get stuck in negative thoughts if she chants herself to sleep. Yeah, that's nice. Um, <clears throat> love her. Love her and help her. Help her relief, release those n- negative, the fears. It's pro- you know it's not really only her fears; it's your fears, and it's the fears of the whole society. It's in the air. There's no quick, uh, quick cure for that. To some degree, there's uh, some reality to those fears. We're screwing the planet up. We're screwing each other over. There's more hate and anger and violence and viciousness in people now than we've ever seen before. Maybe it's always been there, but it hasn't been in our faces. So very hard times for everybody children too so just love her and let her you know it's okay to feel these things they come and they go it's hard with kids yeah i don't understand why we need songs like this if we have so many variations of Hare krishna mahamantra songs uh, is it because we aren't perfect and we get bored quickly? We need, we'd seek for a new variation. You know, I'm not really sure what you mean. <clears throat> Are you saying that we should just sing Hare Krishna Mahamantra because there's so many variations of it, we don't need to do anything else? Or are you saying... Um, that we're so imperfect and get bored so quickly, we have to just, we want to do other other things. Um, well, we do get bored quickly and it's not just bored, but distracted. Uh, we get very distracted very easily. And so certainly changing the melodies and changing the rhythms help us pay attention and stay glued to the, to the name a little bit, regardless of whatever, whichever chant it is. So that's certainly part of the technique. <clears throat> Not only are you singing, you're using your breath, you're hearing your the sound of your voice and other voices, maybe. Uh, and that all, all helps you pay attention. 
also helps you stay home. And here, and which is where we're supposed to try to be, because that's where we are. So I'm not really sure what you were getting at with that question. What mantra do you think is ideal for someone starting meditation? Hare Krishna or Om Namah Shivaya? Whatever. The mantra you do is the one that's best. Uh, they're all... Unless if you've been initiated by a guru in a particular path, that's the path you would be doing. If you haven't been initiated in any particular lineage, you know, you can pick your, your own. One from column A, two from column B, whatever you want. But it's the doing of it that's important. And the mantra you do is the most important one to do. And personally, for me, all the mantras are the same. In terms of uh, in terms of technique, it doesn't. One mantra doesn't help me more than another. Help me pay attention more than another. That's what I mean. By they're all the same. From coming from that side, the technique side or the the experiential side, one mantra or another doesn't help me pay attention better than another. They're all one name and or another name. All. If I can pay attention, I can pay attention. One, they're all the same for that way. On the other hand, all these names are the names of different aspects of that one being of which we're all a part. So you can, you can also uh, appreciate the different qualities. But ultimately, you have to leave the qualities... Uh, thinking about the qualities behind. You have to leave the thinking about it behind and move into the presence of the name. You know, I don't know, uh, someone says, I, I find my spiritual commitment sometimes conflict with my ethics when it comes to acting or not acting. Should one always put their spiritual commitments above their moral ones? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I really don't know what you're referring to here. Real morality is spiritual. Real sp spirituality is moral. Uh, it's spiritual ethics, non-lying, ahimsa, non-hurting, non-harming, speaking the truth, compassion, kindness. These are the highest morals there can be. And they are the spiritual qualities as well. So I'm really not sure what you're talking about. Sorry. Do I still miss the physical form of Maharaji? Every moment.
every moment. And at the same time, I feel his presence. I was very attached to that body. And when he left that body, I didn't want to be alive anymore. And it took me a long time to come to terms with that. I see him in my mind. I feel him in my heart. I feel his presence. But, you know, that was the greatest two and a half years I ever had. It was a new life, you know, leaving America and going to India. And, of course, I thought I was going to stay forever in India. I had no intention of coming back to America. So it was very... Uh, it was new, it's exciting, it was difficult and painful at times, but it was being with him and being with the Indian families and the devotees and being in India, for me, it was, it was almost like reconnecting with a part of me that had been left behind when I got born in America. You know, I once had this dream. <laughs> I was coming back to earth. I was getting, I was reincarnating. I was coming back to earth, you know, coming back. And I was headed right to India. But at the last minute, I made a left turn and wound up in New York. <laughs> That's kind of the way it was, you know. And when I went back to India, went to India for the first time, it was like I was home. And Maharaji was the biggest part of that, of course, because we found ourselves under his blanket of love. And it was remembering it wasn't new. It was something we knew already. And reconnecting with that was so powerful. But everything changes, and the time for that reconnecting changed. Although I kept going to India for many years, you know, up until COVID, I was going to India because I just love it there. And, and for me, I, I get a certain kind of joy just being there. But yeah, and so I miss those days in some way. Uh, but not that much. I'm much more at ease in myself now than I was then. Much more... Uh, happier and, and more uh, kinder to myself than I was in those days.
at that age, 23, 24, 25, 26. So, but there are things about those days that I miss very much, you know. So anyway. How to stay focused on intentions of correct spiritual work during daily stuff and during meditation when the mind wanders off. You just come back. You can't grab the mind and nail it down somewhere, but you just, when you notice you're gone, you come back. And that begins to happen more and more, and you, and you, you begin to get used to feeling at home. And, you, that, and that feeling grows, so when you're not at home in your being, you notice it more, and you come back. You let go of that, and you come back. You just keep recognizing and coming back. That's the deal, all day long. And if you have the mantra going on, the names going on, you're chanting inside, that helps you come back, helps you stay here too. But it's not, it can't be hard. It's got to be a gentle coming back. Don't be judging yourself and putting yourself down because if you're doing that, you're not here. You're lost in your stuff. Just come back again and again and again and again. Uh, it's not necessary to sing out loud. Uh, you can sing quietly, mentally, of course. They say that it's easier to pay attention at first if you're singing out loud. You're using your breath, you're using your voice, and you're hearing your voice also. So you're engaging more of your senses, the body, and so there's more things to pay attention to. As for beginners like us, mental repetition is uh, can be a little bit too subtle for us to really, really, really be with. So chanting out loud or at least moving the lips, whispering quietly, making the sounds with the mouth, but very, very, all that will help you pay attention. Are there any realized beings alive in India? Well, only realized beings would know, so I don't know. <laughs> Can you have a relationship without attachment? I know we are to be non-attached spiritually, but I don't see how personal relationships can be without attachment. Well, personal relationships obviously can't be without attachment because being you're already attached to thinking that you are that person having the relationship or you are you feel you are your, you having a relationship with that one over there. So that's two things interpersonal and there's always attachment there because you're also attached to who you think you are. In, a, in the true world, in reality, we are not who we think we are. And so there's no one to have a relationship with anybody else. You, you, you've, you've become everything and everyone. 
you, your being is the same as the being of every being in the world, in the universe. But when you're identified with your thoughts and emotions and the body, that's what has relationship. For a being, a true, a, 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 a great saint, there's no interpersonal relationship because there's no person in there anymore. It might look like they're having personal relation, but there's no identification for that person, that being, with personality. So there's no attachment. You know, attachment is not, it, detachment is not cold and unfeeling. Actually, detachment means letting go of everything that limits us. Everything that turns off the real love. Detachment means becoming identified with, with reality, becoming, recognizing that you are that. And then there can be no attachment anywhere for anything, not even for your own body. <clears throat> but for us in the world as human beings, yes, there's plenty of attachment everywhere. What you try to do, though, is to just when you're dealing with another person, you try to let that person be who they are and not try to make them into who you need them to be. And you learn a lot about yourself by letting another person just be themselves. Because then you're also letting yourself just be you, as you are. And you're dropping a lot of uh, baggage that we carry around. You know, the, the story I always tell is when I was talking to Mr. Tuari, my Indian father, my great teacher. And I was telling much how much I was in love with this woman. Blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me and he said, my boy, he said, relationships are business. Do your business. Enjoy. Enjoy the relationship. But love, he said, love is what lasts 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Love doesn't come and go. You don't get love from someone else. You can get affection, kindness, caring. But love, real love, is our true nature. It doesn't, it's the same in everybody. You don't get it from anybody. We already have it. We just don't recognize it. Someone's writing here about their, they lost their father to uh, COVID. And he had, they had tried to bring him here to, to uh, 
to save him from the, from the, the horror show in India with the terrible COVID that was going on. A person's time to leave the body is written when they're born. There's no slippage in that system. When a person goes, it's his time. Whether No matter how he goes, how they go, that's the time to go. And they get, if they get hit by a truck, get COVID, any other way, that's the time is written. Only an enlightened being can change that, possibly, if it was the best thing to do for everybody. But that's a whole other story. So there's no reason to feel bad. You, you did what you want, what you could do for your father. You did your best, but it was his time. And perhaps you bringing him here and showing how much you loved him and care for him, that, that must have been very good for his heart and very good for him and made his, his uh, last days much better much, much better than they could have been, much more uh, richer and fuller, knowing that he was loved like that and cared for and that you, you, you did all that. That's wonderful. And I'm sure that made him very happy. But it was his time. So that's, what are you going to do? You did what you could, but you can't change the time of somebody leaving but you showed how much you cared and loved for him, which is an extraordinary thing, a wonderful thing. So don't beat yourself up for that because you did everything you could possibly do, but still, it was his time. You didn't know that. He didn't know that. And you did what you could, and you showed him how much you loved him. So take comfort in that. And it, it, it gave him much, much uh, strength to know how much you care for him. <clears throat> Let's do the Hanuman Mantra for a few minutes first. Om Hanumate 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 Om
Hey. 
Shivastuti Vudrashtak. This is a, a hymn from the Ramayana, Ramcharitmanas. And the story is uh, 
Well, it's a very complicated story within a story within a story. But it's a, but there was this Shiva devotee who was very arrogant and uh, he was sitting in the Shiva temple and his guru walked in and he didn't get up even though he, he was pretending to meditate and he knew his guru came in but he didn't, he didn't get up to show respect. And Shiva immediately manifested out of the lingam and cursed him. And uh, his guru was so kind and so loving that he began to sing to Shiva and ask him to remove the curse. And so Shiva turned the curse actually into a blessing. So this is a prayer to Shiva. Shamisha Nirvana Rupam Vibham Vyapakam Brahma Veda Swarupam Nijam Nirgunam Nirvikalpam Niriham Chitakasham Akasha Asam Bajeham Nirakaram Karamulam Turiham Kiragyana Gothita Nisham Girisham Karalam Mahakala Kalam Krapalam Punagara Sansara Param Natoham Tusharadri Sankasha Karam Gabiram Manobhuta Kotip Bashri Sariram Swaran Molikalolin Charu Ganga Lasadbala Balendu Kantave Bujanga Chalatkundalam Bru Sunetram Vishalam Prasananam Nila Kantam Dayalam Braganisha charamam varam mandamalam Priyam shankaram sarvanatham Pajami prachandam prakrishtam pragalbam paresham Ajandam ajambanu koti prakasham Triashura niramulana Shulapani Vajeham Bhavani Pati Bhava Gamyam Kalatita Kalyana Kalapanta Kari Sadasajananda Tata Purari Chidananda Sandoha 
Prasida, Prasida, Prabhu Mamatari Nayavadumanat Padharavindam Pajanti loke parevanaranam Tavat Tavat Sukham Santam Santi Santapanasham Prasida Prabhu Sarva Bhutha Divasam Najanam Yogam Chapam Deva Pujam Natonam Sada Sarvat Shambhutubhyam Charanjan Madhukauga Tathapyamanam Prabhu Pahyapan Mami Shushambo Rudrashtakmidam Vruktam Prenartoshe Yepatantinara Bhaktya Tesham Jambu Prasidate Karpuragaram Karunavataram Samsarasaram Jagindraharam Shambho Sada Shiva Shambho Sada Shiva Shambho Sada Shiva Shambho Sada Shambho Sada Shiva Shambho Sada Shiva-yam-bo-sada Shiva-sham-bo-sada Shiva-yam-bo-sada Shiva-sham-bo-sada Shiva-yam-bo-sada Shiva-sham-bo-sada Shiva Shambho Sada 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 Shiva Shambho 
So, gonna finish with the arti. This is a meditation on the guru. It's a visualization, a meditation, a prayer, an invocation. I think the words are somewhere, and the translation is somewhere uh, on my website for sure. I don't know if it'll be up here, but uh, you should check it out. And uh, it's a very, very, very powerful practice. It's a worship of the one who leads us from darkness to light. Jagadishahare Tumaho Eka 
चार सब के प्राण पति हमी सब के प्राण पति किस विधि मिलू दाया माय किस विधि मिलू दाया माय तुमको जगदीश हारे दीन बंधु दुखारता तुम्हारा शक मेरे तुम्हारा शक मेरे अपने हाथ उठाओ अपने हाथ उठाओ तेरे ओम जे जगदीश हरे शायर मिथाओ पाप हरो देवा स्वामी पाप हरो देवा श्रद्धा भक्ति बढ़ाओ श्रद्धा भक्ति बढ़ाओ संतन की सेवा ओम जे जगदीश हरे जे जगदीश हरे जे जगदीश हरे भक्त जनन के संकट तीन जनन के संकट क्षण में दूर करे ओम जय जगदीश हरे ओम जय जगदीश हरे ओम जय जगदीश हरे श्यावल रामचंद्र की जय श्री पवन सुत हनुमान की जय श्री उमापति महादेव की जय श्री वृंदावन बाकी बिहारी लाल श्री कृष्ण बलदेव भगवान की जय श्री श्री विंध्यवासिनी दुर्ग देवी श्री सिद्धिमा की जय श्री 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 बाबनी खोली संत महाराज की जय हमें माता छपे थामेव बंधुश्च सखाव विदय If I know anything about a path at all, if we know there might be a way to live in this world in a good way, an open heart without fear if 
we know anything about that, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. state.